0: the odds start to go up as you go down the generations after us so it's incumbent upon us to make sure that we are passing on the knowledge which is what we do as human beings and this movie again is just another way and a powerful way if you if when you get a chance to see asteroid hunters on the imax screen you'll see just how powerful it can uh, an impression it can leave so these school groups, these kids are, are, are gonna be, they're gonna start seeing this film in larger numbers beginning this fall and in spring of next year, uh, probably even in larger numbers as the film begins to take root post pandemic. Um, unfortunately for me, these theaters have been most risk adverse in opening up during pandemic conditions because their economics are different. There's a reality that they have to contend with. And also because there are a lot of them are, are government ran who are you know view themselves as sort of leaders and uh, this the, you know setting examples for the rest of society, so they're going to behave perhaps most cautiously. And then the um, and uh, um, and so those impressionable minds will get um, educational material, so that they take what they learn from the movie, and maybe in a lot of instances, kids that didn't see the film will walk into classrooms where the teacher will have part of their, as part of their curriculum, these sorts of educational guides that they will use to do in-class experiments. And they even in this guide, obviously there's just one page from it. Um, they have experiments that they can do at home. So they can begin to understand concepts like deflection. whom you showed me this really awesome uh, at-home experiment a few years ago, that you brought to one of the classrooms that you taught uh, asteroid deflection to, and some version of that got included in this educator guide. So you're already you're also making your mark on uh, on, on on the spreading the education beyond your own personal reach, um, and uh, so having people sort of engage on the topic and get a more intimate understanding, of course, is going to help propel all the solutions that we're looking for. And children aren't the only simple, young, impressionable minds that we're trying to reach. We've got these folks. There's hundreds of them. They don't understand the issue well enough. And um, this is not something I've talked about publicly, and this will be the first time I'm doing so, but I'm working with lobbyists right now to coordinate a screening to congressional leaders of asteroid hunters. So it's, I'm, I'm not stopping at the amazing groups of scientists that are involved in this field. I'm not stopping with the school groups. I'm gonna push this film into the awareness of our um, policy deciders so that they can't put their head in the sand anymore. And they can't look at this issue as something that Chicken Little concerns himself about. You know, and this is just sort of wild eyed lunacy. Um, We all know on this conference that this is a real issue. So I'm going to make sure that they do too. And of course, I have so many people at NASA, JPL, Aerospace Corporation, European Space Agency uh, to thank to to have made this film uh, what it is and uh, that gives it the impact that it has. So that's it for me in a nutshell.
1: Thank you, Phil. Uh, I think working with you was one of the most exciting parts of being associated with planetary defense. I remember that about maybe three or four years ago, you landed in my class at Aerospace. And, hey, let's see what is it that you're doing there. And I said to myself, you know, if a person from IMAX comes to see my class, then I'm going to ask to teach it at the Star lab, at the, the control room where we launched to space, right? It, our own kind of virtual island. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's where the class was taught with a large number of uh, participants. A lot of them were from the AIAA, Paul Chodas was there. Well, the first class, uh, it was before you decided to put it into the movie because it was just like a teaser for the class and, and you, I think, and Avid and, and uh, i forget the name of the other lady that is yeah they came and so oh wait a minute this is really interesting can we put your class in the movie and i got aerospace uh, authority authorization to do that and we spent a full day at aerospace to film the movie Uh, and then paul was uh, in that class he's in the movie and a few other NASA (laughs) people are in the movie so i think it. I just cannot see anything that's more powerful as, I'm going to quote you, Phil, as saying that, you know, you are deflecting an asteroid with a movie, right? That's your own quote. So (laughs) I think that's a very cool way of of, uh, having a multiplier to inspire the current generation and the next generation. And maybe even the movie could be shown to some of those philanthropists that have, you know, deep pockets. I'm just seeing the flurry of conversation that is going on on the chat here, and everybody says, why don't they kind of, you know, tap into that they're involved with vaccines and with uh, climate change and other things, with going to Mars. Why don't they tap into the area of planetary defense and help missions such as DART and such as uh, Neo Surveyor and things like that that could literally change you know the uh, life on earth one way or another so uh, maybe we should team up and uh, show them the movie and say hey what can you do about it so inspiring the next generation we also want to inspire the current generation as well yeah
0: well my yeah. answer to any of those ideas Nahum, is, is always going to be yes
2: i'm <laughs> going
0: to try to find a way to make it happen Sorry,
2: Paul, I, I, I cut you off. Yeah, Phil, Phil a great movie. Uh, um, and I encourage everyone who's listening in to see the movie when they can. Um, uh, really exciting. It's very visual, and that's important nowadays. Um, uh, and captures the imagination through great graphics. So I really enjoyed the movie, and I'm very happy to hear that you're, um, you know, reaching a wider audience, even decision makers uh, or staffers of Congress. Really, that's, uh, that, that's um, you know, uh News to me. That's great. I'm happy that you're <laughs> you're getting um, this to a wider audience, to decision makers. And by the way, incidentally, the um, the recent decision to go ahead uh, with a with a neo-surveyor mission was a big step forward um, uh, for NASA. And you know yes. they got the blessing to, for funding of that mission has been a long time coming. That one. Um, and so we're very pleased that. You know, progress is being made in that area. I would comment on one thing and that is um, inspiring students. Uh, I don't know whether we have Arash and uh, Tashi uh, on anymore, but um, Artash rather, Um, uh, but uh, driving home the concept that uh, these these problems like the orbits and all of that can be solved with mathematics and physics, that all of this, that, you know, uh, this is a solvable problem for everyone. To, to look at and and it's not it's not um, uh, it, uh, it's man it's a manageable problem and um, to encourage them to learn math mathematics this is why mathematics in particular um, is so useful you can predict the future right with the orbits you can predict right. where that asteroid will be you can predict with the math that it's going to you know hit the planet such and such a time and and it does uh, and, and so that's that kind of concept drives home the usefulness of math and physics and all all the STEM areas.
0: Well, the fact that we know Apophis is gonna miss us on April 13th of 2029 is is a function of math as well. (laughs) Well, right.
2: Um, But it's better to have it proved already. So going in the past for Levy 9, as I I often say, it was very uh, exciting for me to have made the predictions of where it would hit on Jupiter and when it would hit back in 1994 and kind of feeling I was going out on the limb a little bit, you know, I'm going to say it's hitting this minute plus or minus a few minutes. And, you know, because all the telescopes in the world will be tuning in and there were many fragments as well. Um, And at this, and at this latitude, you know, on Jupiter and all of that. And so, um, you know, you can be uh, busy and encouraged and doing all the math and writing all the software and you put out your answer and then you sit back and you wonder what's going to happen. And then sure enough, it hits Jupiter, and it's right there where 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 we predicted it would be. You know, for months months ahead of time, we predicted it would hit there on that limb at that latitude, and you could go out in a, even a little telescope, you know, eight inch perhaps, in your backyard and look at Jupiter, which I've seen you know for years and years, and then you would see this the black spot on Jupiter right where the mass. I, I, I saw it the it spot, hit. Phil. Well, I saw the spot. You saw it too, Matthew. Yes. yes. So, but then the ability to predict that, you know, a year ahead, um, that that just drives home the importance oh, sure. of, of studying death happen in, in physics.
0: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and we tried well, to illustrate that a little bit in the movie as well. This relationship yes. of the orbits yeah. and trouble.
3: Phil, it's it, it's a pleasure to see uh, that the movie has reception, global reception, and and these kinds of. Uh, Movies really touch uh, the global mind. I mean, you know, it, it easily crosses over uh, geographies and cultures because <laughs> you got just one precious life to live. And, um, you know, the bad thing, really bad things can happen. Um, you know, uh, the only thing, Phil, next time bring the moon too into the picture.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe an asteroid hunter's too. <laughs>
1: Or bring us to the movie. That's right. <laughs> okay. <yeah. laughs> right. All right. Are there any comments from anyone? I think that, you know, we went over time. And at least from my perspective, I see this as a positive thing, which means that we had a full agenda with lively conversations and lively commentary. And people, some people stuck around the full seven hours or so. Right. So it, To me, I see it as a success, right? We actually presented a very wide range of topics, covered a lot of the issues that were discussed at the PDC at this event that uh, is open to the public and is going to be recorded and available on the AIAA website. Um, I think that just to summarize what we heard today is that uh, very exciting to see the missions that are Coming soon to a planet near you. Uh, Dart is launching end of this year, early next year, and hopefully everything will go well and we'll see uh, the results of this experiment. And Neo uh, Surveyor will be launching in a few years and can ramp up the discovery charter. I'm kind of envisioning this blue accelerating part of the charter is taking off like a rocket towards the, <laughs> an order of magnitude larger <laughs> than it is today. And uh, maybe in uh, 20 or 30 years, we'll be able to kind of taper off and it's going to look like the red region there that we say, oh, okay, we are not finding any more of the really big ones, which means that we found 95% of these. And so uh, at least we are kind of safe in the near future from those really big ones. I'd like to see the same situation with the blue part of the chart, that it's kind of tapering off and say, hey, hey, we found the whole 200,000 of these and, and uh, or whatever it may be. <laughs> uh, but but I think that's an excellent way of doing that. Um, and I think another takeaway, obviously, that we want to find them first, right? We want to find them early before we can take any action. So most of the resources are going into finding them. Build more telescopes, aim more telescopes, two, uh citizen scientist projects to try to find them identify them through looking at uh, uh, fireballs and bolides and put them into the database and create larger community of people who are going to be active in this area some of them might actually pick it up as a career in their future i think that's really really important uh Excellent projects, to you know, series of idea spawning ideas. Madhu at uh, UCI supported a few of them. I know, and that's a really nice way to say just bring any idea, bad or good, and we'll see what kind of thing it's going to spawn. Uh, and uh, again, I think uh, inspiring the next generation of uh, scientists and engineers is probably our main goal here. Uh, we are going to retire at some point who is going to pick up the torch that's what we'd like to achieve with those kind of workshops we already have the draft siblings and a few others Um, so uh, just before we wrap up here i want to show something here that uh, uh, is part of again continuation of my own inspiration and and also tell why we got inspired this is the latest paper that me and my son, uh, I can okay, hold on. I think I'm not sharing, okay. I think I believe now I'm sharing. So, so this is um, a paper that uh, me and my son have written last year or published last year at this journal where we were looking at uh, natural disasters as examples, as models for planetary defense planning. Uh, we looked at three of uh, three of these examples. Uh, I cannot download the paper right here, but if you just uh, search for this title, you'll see what we were uh, um, describing there. Obviously, that was before the pandemic. Otherwise, we would have included COVID in that uh, series of uh, um, you know, parallels. And But there is one thing here that it inspired me with this, uh, and that is um, the case of Fudai. Fudai was this Japanese village that is the only Japanese village that survived uh, that uh, tsunami that occurred, uh, what was it, 10 years ago or so? Uh, Because the mayor of this village insisted on building a, uh, a, uh, I guess, waves brick wall, uh, that is higher than most people were willing to fund, because he went and read some statistics from hundreds of years back, and he said, "You know, it can happen. It didn't happen in your recent memory, but it can happen." So he insisted on building higher brick walls. And his farewell statement before he retired, he retired. He said, "Even if you encounter opposition, have conviction and finish." what you start. In the end, people will understand. And I think that's what we are doing now. So that is really what got inspired this paper that uh, me and my son wrote, Um, go ahead and download it, I can send you a copy of it, which I do have uh, not here online, but I have it saved. And see how we looked at several natural disasters as examples, as models for what we could do for planetary defense in different stages of response. Uh, I think with that, uh, I'll just ask for any commentary by anybody from the attendees that are still here. Uh, Did you learn anything new today? Do you feel that you have an impact? Um,
3: Suggestions
1: for next year? Anything?
3: If if nobody goes, I want to congratulate uh the math family, I was impressed. I was truly impressed at what they did, how they did, and the, and the way they went about. You know, I'm a fan of uh, field astronomy. We got a few scopes, but uh, I've never seen some, somebody this young uh, compare uh, their uh, images uh, with the catalogs and uh, continue to make uh, substantial observations, Paul. And uh, uh, am I right to think that they are neighbors?
1: They are neighbors uh, of, of uh, used to be neighbors of Paul, right? Paul, right. right here, but originally Paul came from, uh, was oh, it, the city of London? Okay. Yeah. Right. okay yeah
2: okay. they are yeah. there are canadians and i i i am ri- originally from canada as well but different uh, eras <laughs> yeah, yeah
3: i know yeah and uh, i enjoyed uh, randy bell's talk and, and that was a fresh that was a fresh you know a breath of fresh air and all the all the talks were nice nahum uh, you are a good reviewer <laughs> and the like <laughs> and an excellent moderator. I tried to get a few other people in and he said no, because uh, then we would have run over and uh, it would have been difficult and stressful for all. But uh, but I think uh, uh, we'll have a great uh, asteroid day too. And uh, thank you to Ken. Ken quietly yeah. sits in the back and does a lot of good work uh, to yeah. coordinate and to, you know, uh, he keeps complaining to me. Oh, people, people complain to me, Madhu. But I got to do my stuff, and we keep encouraging him because uh, uh, Ken is special. And. Um, Paul, thank you for for your professorial lectures. It's always welcome. It reminds us all, and uh, most importantly, it tells you uh, uh, to be practical, you know, as opposed to dreaming, but uh, I can't help it. I got a dream. (laughs) (laughs) We need both. Also to Bill Ehler. You know, Bill is one of the originals in this work. He lives here in Wee. and uh, Uh, You know uh, he has done substantial heavy lifting early on, and I recall Pete Simon, I mean uh, 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 General uh, Warden, talking about him quite a bit, and uh, all the other speakers. Great, Nahum. Thank you so much for uh, for moderating and for bringing it all together.
1: Thank you very much. No, I mean, it's a big pleasure to uh, really be in your community. I think that I'm very privileged to be in the community of people who have done such uh, advanced work in this area. And I second you, Madhu, that in fact, everything that I've been doing on Planetary Defense really stemmed from my interaction with Bill. Right? When I joined aerospace 18 years ago, I knew nothing about it. And I'm going to tell you a secret, now. don't tell anyone. I couldn't even spell the word asteroid correctly, <laughs> so that's something I learned uh, pretty soon through interaction with Bill. And unfortunately, I didn't even, i wasn't aware of the very first conference that was held in 2004. It was yeah. before I became involved with that. But since then, I attended every conference and increased my involvement with it um, through the exercises and through organizing. And uh, I'm hoping to continue to do that uh, for the foreseeable future, continue to inspire additional generations uh, from families. I love to see parents and kids and siblings being involved with that. So perhaps this could be a focus stemming out of the movie, right? The movie should say, hey, uh, team up and be involved. And it could be one of the messages coming out of the movie. Absolutely,
3: Phil. You know, it's it's your work now. We have done our part. <laughs> <laughs> I, think I
0: wanted Randy... to put a shotgun in the film, but the, they the, the IMAX people had a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Oops.
1: Okay. I think Randy wants to have like a to comment. Think... Yeah. Yes.
4: Um hopefully I'm not on mute anymore. Um there are many different fronts. Um there's media fronts, there's uh a variety of different technical fronts, policy fronts, um, and I, I think as a community we need to recognize that we can push on all of those fronts simultaneously. Um, you know, the work I presented on you know just uh, detecting the the last few fiery seconds of a uh, an object um, has both near term and far term applications. But everything talked about today is important. Um, long-term detection, uh, you know, so we can uh, understand the populations. You know, the, the um, terrestrial and space-based missions to catalog events, um, or sorry, catalog objects, determine orbits, visit objects, develop technology for deflection. Uh, in the chat, there was some discussion there on space nuclear. That that's my current field. Um, yes, I agree. All of these things are important fronts to push on: engaging with the next generation, engaging with our current leaders, um, engaging with the population in general. Those who visited and saw this the IMAX movie at uh, um, down in Florida at Cape Canaveral and walked away saying. I didn't know. Um, well, now they do, and they'll tell others. Um, so yes, there's many fronts, and we as a community uh, need to sort of recognize those and push on all of them because we need to make progress in all areas. You're here, here.
2: Yeah, I agree. Well said.
1: Yeah, and uh, had, go yeah, ahead, Paul. Paul if on. I
2: may make a prediction, um, and that's always dangerous, but um, <laughs> uh, let me just suggest that, you know, I've been, in, I've been doing this for 40 years, so I've been uh, uh, seeing the whole field grow from its babyhood. Um, but I predict with the new uh, detection capabilities, that is with um, the Rubin Telescope and Surveyor coming on, that within the next maybe five years, um, we will have a, a good example of that goes through a real object, small object discovered a week, let's say before uh, it impacts the earth. And and it's um, uh, yeah, on the order of let's say, uh, you know, four meters, five meters, that's a, you know, one of those small ones, they happen every year. So what we will probably have is an example of how all of this is progressing when we find that object with many days of warning and we do our predictions and we make the predictions and we say, this is where it's gonna hit And we get our, um, all the measurements sensors out there. We have tune up the infrasound. We get all of the, uh, you know, the sensors on the satellites looking at this place. Um, You know, we have observers maybe from, from, you know, a a long enough distance that they will see the bolide come in and all of this will fit together. And now that will really raise the awareness of of our whole system and our capabilities, uh, prediction for one part, and then um, and uh and our abilities to um to uh, you know learn about uh impacts in general. So I think that that is not unlikely within the next five to ten years.
1: And I think this capability would be really critical because you cannot do evacuations with no warning or a warning of an hour. But you can potentially well, do some evacuations with a weak warning.
2: But no, no, I'm talking about a small um, small object that would uh, burn up of course. Yeah, but but it fact. would be an example of uh, what could happen, right? And, and and it would it would raise awareness uh, amongst public and decision makers and all of that. Just as as you know the object of the huge object hitting Jupiter raised awareness. If we have a small object and the whole idea of it being predicted and well known ahead of time, it's not scary at all and it's going to burn up but but the whole, it could become, you know, a a big story uh, if 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 we had this multi-day warning.
1: Yes, and in fact, you know, I visited a while back uh, the CNEOs uh, close approach page, which has a small section of those twenty-six thousand NEOs that are currently on the catalog. And if you spend a little bit of time seeing when they were actually discovered, you can find that a good portion of the small ones or even medium sized ones were discovered after the fact. Right? So they yep. were discovered after they made a close approach with the Earth, which is something we would like to avoid, right? Because oh, that, 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 one that,
2: of the whom they came from the direction of the sun. So we couldn't see them until they passed the
1: earth and went into the night sky, and then we found going away. And that's the exciting part of new survey, right? Because it's going to probably re- help out with this particular aspect. So yeah, yes, that's, yes. 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 Oh. Uh, any other comments, Randy Badu? Any other person here? Okay. Mystery um, Bean and them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> So maybe. So we had couple of new elements in that conference today, right? We had a workshop where we were trying to run a competition. Uh, I'm sure that we have lots of lessons learned out of trying to organize people into groups and uh, teach novice people on the app to even see where they are on that. I think my lesson learned on this that probably we want to maybe do something in advance of a workshop to just kind of train people on the app for an hour So that they know what button to push before they actually plunge into deep water, there and not knowing what to do. Some of them were totally lost. Yeah, um, and I would point out uh, for
2: those who are still online, uh, there's there's tutorial, there's an overview, a tutorial. There are buttons along the top on the CMEOS website where you can get uh, information to learn about what you're doing and and how to um, how to run the app uh, uh, quickly. I think, uh, or or at least how to understand what's. What the app is doing and how to kind of converge to a good solution
1: certainly this would be very useful uh, to get people to do a little bit of homework before the workshop and so and maybe give them a demo before the workshop so they can ask questions and it's not under five minute pressure right? <laughs> where the breakout rooms forces you to the main room before you can even figure out where you are so that would be a nice thing but it is a new element that we added this year to the, to this event, which I think it was exciting. It creates a little bit of dynamics and, and uh, inject some energy into the talk. And we had the participant- Go ahead, Who? It was fun. It was a lot of fun. It, it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, and we had the siblings. Maybe we can encourage more siblings or parent children uh, interaction uh, to participate in those kind of events. And maybe just reading through the chat uh, text here, maybe we can attempt to even invite one of those philanthropists to come and talk about uh, those heavy launch vehicles going to of space. We just heard about how the of space could be endangered by those uh, impacts. And hey, I mean, if you build something on the, System of space, or even on Mars, which is much more prone to impact by those objects than we are here on Earth. Even the small ones, which cause could cause major damage to local infrastructure there. Maybe they will be more inclined to, you know, contribute to their from the philanthropist point of view. By the so, way, Nahum, um,
0: I can, can I share? Process. Can I share my screen just for okay. just a second?
1: Yes, of course. Um, yeah
0: this this whole thing began with someone talking about that episode of star trek that, that featured an asteroid well this will crack you up
1: okay let's see <laughs>
0: 1953 oh wow <laughs> an episode of superman with george reeves <laughs> had an asteroid threatening the planet now if you see the if you see this the episode you'll see that they had a huge misunderstanding of of what a threatening asteroid might look like and, and why it would be threatening. But it was interesting,
1: 1953.
0: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so There you go, a headline from the Daily Planet. You saw it there first.
3: Uh, exactly. so, no, I see that Arushi is still online. She may want to say something.
1: Uh, was she? OK, yeah, by all means, uh, Arushi. Uh,
3: I just thought I saw her on there. Uh,
1: I phone Yeah. See. Uh, there she is.
3: Yeah. I'm here. Oh,
1: yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's your Please. Uh, Arusha, would
3: you like to tell us what you thought about this whole event that uh, Nahum ran so well? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Like, I enjoyed the event a lot. Like, the workshop at the beginning was amazing and it allowed me to have to play the game again. And then after that, the presentations after that were really interesting. Excellent.
1: Thank you. Uh, I'm inspired by. <laughs> I'm inspired by by yours and your brother's uh, participation in that, and I believe that you're on a path to a very, very successful and bright future <laughs> in whatever endeavor you will choose to do. Uh, just the fact that you were able to achieve the detection of apophis with the professionals, you are basically swimming with the professionals here. So (laughs) I'm I'm all struck on that and admiring you and your mother and your family. Keep up the good
2: work, Arushi. keep it up.
1: Keep it up. Thank Thank you. Uh, Okay, Uh, anything else? I'm just looking at the charts to see if there is anything there. Um, uh, So uh, final conclusion, concluding words from anyone or, that's it for us for today. Yep. Okay, thank you very very much. I learned a lot today, as I usually do with those events. Uh, happy asteroid day! Yes. Uh, <laughs> and we'll talk soon. And thank Renda, you, Nahum. Thank, thank you I, very thank much, Nahum. Thank you all. And thank, thank, you. You. thank
3: you,
2: Ken. Thank you, Ken. And Ken, Ken, thank yes, you. And Ken, yes, Ken is thank amazing. You.
1: He made it all possible. Yes. Uh, months of <laughs> thank you thank know you. working on those things. Thank and Randy, I'd like to tag up with you at some point to talk about the Bolite the, uh, at some point, so we'll talk. Yeah. Uh yeah, Paul, no, that, we are meeting said, regularly. And Phil, I know we are meeting regularly. And Madhu, we are meeting regularly, so that would be fantastic. Anybody who wants to reach out to any of us, can easily find us. Yeah. Or uh, just reach out to Ken, and he will connect you with any one of the people who presented today.
3: Yeah, I had one question for Paul.
1: Sure, so, go ahead. Ooh, okay. Yeah.
3: OK. So um, I was wondering in the app, so I was wanting to play it with my friends. So I was wondering when would a 2021 PDC asteroid be available on the app?
1: Are you talking about the app that does the teaming? Yes. Oh, okay. So uh, on the JPL side, uh, PDC 21 is available. Uh, On the aerospace side, it is not available yet. Uh, because we are currently working on sort of like the next generation of the app, Paul and I. We are meeting uh, weekly. And soon we are going to push an updated version, uh, both on the aerospace uh, side and on JPL side. And uh, uh, PDC 21 will be available on the aerospace side. The version that is in there currently uh, was pushed last year before uh, Paul was able to uh, Created object for us. I think you did send us the files for it, Paul. Right? Yes. PDC yeah. I, I've
2: I've sent you all the information, but I think uh, Arushi, if you go to the uh, JPL app, you should be able to see PDC21 and and I think the deflection maps are in there. I generate the deflection maps, and they're they're useful as well. I think they're in there now. So, um, uh, so yeah, I have to I seed all the objects into the app, and then who copies them? So
1: that's right. So. Uh, Paul is my source of information and sophisticated data. We are just putting the wrapper around the nitty-gritty high-tech calculations that he does behind the scene there and supply to us. So thank you, Paul, for doing all of that. I think without those uh, very highly professional, detailed calculations, this app would not be possible. (laughs)
3: I'm I'm Uh, curious, I'm curious, Paul. And how many, uh, what percentage of hits come from corners as opposed to uh, the rest of the world, uh, uh, to Sinos.
2: What, what percentage of kids did you say?
3: What percentage of hits? I mean, uh, clicks. Geographically. Oh, yeah, G-
2: oh, G- oh, oh. I don't know a lot. Believe me, it is a no? lot um, because uh, the interest is just exponential. Uh, is. So, yes, we're getting a lot of attention. I don't have numbers. Um, whenever we have a new story, um or it some peaks. close approach it uh, goes way up <laughs> yeah. and, and in fact that's, that's in the old days
3: I usually email you
2: <laughs> in the old yes in the old days when we were using our own servers of course our servers might crash but now uh it's all in the cloud so um exactly. so we were able to handle the peaks in interest <laughs> so, anyway okay yeah.
3: thank you okay
1: thank you all yeah Thank, Thank you, again. everyone. Uh, talk everybody. to you all soon. Uh, and uh, it was a pleasure. It was a wonderful day. It zipped without, I didn't even notice that it's six o'clock now. So yeah, uh, <laughs> we managed to fill the day with really yeah. good talks. So Thank you, everyone. You. Thanks, bye-bye. guys. Bye-bye, everybody. Happy Thanks. 4th of July. Thank you.
2: Oh, you nice too. Too. Bye-bye, everyone.
0: Happy 4th of July. Yes, bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Ken.